0: Okay, here we go. So they've asked me this morning to share on TEAM. Everyone say TEAM. team. And uh, I'm stoked. I know that God has been uh, just speaking so much to me in my life about TEAM, the value of TEAM, the love of TEAM. So I just wanted to share some of that this morning uh, because I think it has everything to do with this youth movement that we're believing God for. Amen. Amen. So I was thinking this morning just about, I have so many thoughts on team that I was just like, Lord, help me kind of narrow in on these core points of team. And I was reminded of a story from scripture that's just been huge encouragement to me. in Joshua chapter one, who loves Joshua? Yeah. Joshua chapter one, God is giving um, the Israelites instructions and instructions on preparation. They're just about to pass over the Jordan and take possession of the promised land. Now, how many of you are like me? That's like, that's your favorite moment in scripture. You're like, we're finally going to take possession of the promises. Can I get an amen? Everyone's like, yeah, stoked. And how many of us would love to just feel like, Man, I want to cross over. How many of you have ever thought through the metaphor of that? And like, I want to cross my... How many of you have ever responded to a crazy cross your Jordan moment? Like I'm taking possession of my promises. Raise your hand. Come on, if you've been part of that. You envision yourself wading across the river. We're going, taking Jericho. Okay, so anyways, this morning, thinking about team, and I had never thought this before. um, I was reminded of that story because I'm not going to read it just for time. But in Joshua chapter one, when he's giving instructions... Um, In the instructions, he addresses three of the tribes. And this is fascinating. Three of the tribes received their promise or inheritance on that side of the Jordan before they cross over. But then these are his instructions to them. He says, hey, you've already received your rest or received your promise, but here are my instructions to you. All of your fighting men need to get prepared. And even though you've already received your promise... I'm telling you to go in front of your brothers. Isn't that fascinating? They had to go over first. And he says, I'm asking you to help your brothers. Help them take possession of what is theirs because they've helped you take possession of what is yours. Everyone say help. Help. And I just was blown away by that this morning afresh, just thinking about the simple principle that whatever promises we have in our life, we're supposed to help each other. This morning's going to be super simple. Are you guys good with that? Yeah. But a simple principle of like part of you and I taking hold of whatever God's promised us is you and I helping each other. And this simple thought that our destinies are our, our promises or whatever, you know, prophetic word, whatever term you want to use, they're all locked up in each other. And we receive our inheritance as we fight for one another's inheritance, as we help one another. And I really loved that picture of cooperation and team. How God would say, I've already given it to you, but I'm asking you to cross over and help your brothers. And so they did that. And I thought about that this morning about, you know, I wonder if this has ever happened to you guys. It happens to me when you receive a promise and you're so stoked about that promise that you kind of begin to overwork for it. Who's ever overworked for a promise? And you're just, you're like, you, you don't realize it but you come under this pressure to bring about that thing that you're really hoping for. So it's like, it's totally, it's in, I think it's in sincerity, it's in good heartedness. We're so longing for what God is saying that we find ourselves almost individually laboring for it. Like somehow it's our job to bring about what God has promised and not, and not God's job. And I was thinking about that this morning, how when we get into that mode, I don't think we realize it, but we really begin to function independently. And I have just thought about hundreds of times in my life that I find myself rolling without team, not because I was like, I don't like team, but I just felt this pressure to bring about what God had said he was going to do. How many of you have ever felt insane pressure privately, like I've got to make this happen, so I'm just going to get individually as wild as I can Only to find out that my individual effort doesn't bring about the promise that I was hoping for. Who's ever felt that? So it was in that context this morning that I was like, man, if we are believing for a youth movement, we got to go after team. Like not just go after team because you ought to go after team. Not just go after team because team's kind of the popular deal, but we've got to go after team because I really think God would say to us, we have to help each other. That's how the whole thing is designed. And I think we want a culture in this youth movement where we value so highly operating in team. And I just know afresh this morning, I was like, Lord, I love team. I've always been a team sport kind of guy. I love team sport. Who loves team sport? And so I think there's something in our DNA that just longs to be a part of team. And I think God is recapturing for us what it is, what team really is and how it works. So here's what I thought. I just wanted to share some principles that have been really helpful for me in the last 18 months. As God's been developing our team, we found ourselves just pouring into these. And I have found for me, just, so, just God is just helping us so much say, I want, to get, I, want to, I want to recapture what team really is. So can I give you guys some principles this morning that God's been teaching me? You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. They're going to be really simple. You're going to think in your mind like, wow, these are simple. Here we go. So everyone, I want you to say out loud, why team? Why team? Okay, here we go. Some basic thoughts. I'm glad you asked. Okay, number one, I believe that God in his character and nature reflects team to us constantly. Through the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We know it's all through scripture, but I think God makes it so clear through his example that the best way to operate is team. One doesn't have greater value than the other, but their functions are different. And we've talked about this throughout this week, but how they're constantly pointing back to each other and making a huge deal of the other. So one of the reasons I think why team, everyone say why team? team? Because I think it's part of who God is and he wants us to walk into that character, that nature. Number two, why I think team is so crucial. I think when we live and function in true team, it's like a constant statement of humility. Like you don't have to walk around saying I'm humble. We model humility in true team because I think a part of true team, I'm gonna talk about this more in a second, but I think part of true team is acknowledging where we have limitations and making a big deal of why we need the guy to our left and to our right. True team to me isn't like, well, we have to be together because we have to be together or it just kind of happen or be happenstance. But to me, true team, I think Nick talked about this a few days ago, to me, true team or true collaboration has to be rooted in the sincere belief like I have to have you or I'm dead. And I want you to think about how strong that statement is, what it would be to look at a friend and really go like today, my life is completely dependent on you. If you don't do what you do, if you don't say what you say, if you don't sing what you sing, if you don't pray what you pray, whatever you're supposed to do today, I'm dead without you. And I think that's part of what God wants to recapture for us. It's not just team where we say, hey, team's great, but a true, honest, vulnerable dependence on one another that goes without you, I'm completely dead. And I think when we live that way, it's like a constant statement of humility. Like, I need you. I need you. I need you. Amen. All right. Here we go. Number three. Third thing that God's been teaching me about team. Here we go. Why team? Because God wants us to have more fun and experience joy. How many of you are like, I want to have fun? Who loves fun? I think that one of God's greatest designs for fun for us is in the context of team. Like team, honestly, is the most fun experiences I've ever had or in a team. It's really more fun. I want you to think about this. Experiencing victory in context of team is way more exciting than experiencing victory on your own. If you can imagine for a second being the fastest I don't know, I'm just going to make it up right now. The fastest sprinter in the world, which is an incredible accomplishment. But if you ran that race individually, I know you probably have buddies who are stoked with you. But I just imagine in my mind crossing the finish line only to look around and realize I'm celebrating with myself. And I think sometimes life can be that way. Like we bear down so hard, we try to do it on our own. And then when when something positive happens, we kind of find ourselves celebrating with ourselves. Who's ever tried to celebrate with a group of friends only to realize no one's as stoked for you as you are for you? How many of you, I know this is no one, so don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever been on the other side of that where your buddy experiences a victory and he's way more stoked about his victory than you are? You're kind of like, well... I kind of wish I had your victory right now. I know that's never happened to anyone, right? So I think we're trying to break through, because I don't think that's real team. I think real team, when it crosses the finish line or it wins or succeeds together, experiences the joy of like, guys, we did this together. Just imagine the celebration after a team sport. Have you ever seen video of a locker room? And they're just going crazy, right? I'm not condoning what's happening in that locker room, but I'm saying like goggles are being worn, crazy hats. It's just like the celebration and the joy, I think is so much higher than it on an individual level. I have three sons. They're seven, five, and three. my oldest is David. Come on, that's right. Who loves kids? Yeah. And so David, our seven-year-old, for the first time just a few months ago, played on an organized sport on a soccer team it's really fascinating because we've never watched soccer on TV. I love soccer. It just, for some reason, hadn't captured our, our family to sit and watch until the World Cup. I just want you to know World Cup consumed us, amen? <laughs> but before that, it was just kind of, you know, hard to sit and watch the guys on the green grass. So this was amazing to me. We put David on the team, and I was stunned by a couple observations. Number one, how natural it is to all of us to want to win. No, can we be honest for a second? Who in the room really likes to win? Raise your hand. And I was stunned at my seven-year-old because we even tried to prep him. Like David, we don't keep score in this league. And I remember he looked at us like we just spoke another language. He's like, what do you, know, dad, I do keep score in my, he goes, I do keep score, it's in my mind. And I was like, praise God, you know, like, no, son, we're just trying to enjoy the game. And he's like, I am enjoying the game with the goal, with the, with the points are in my mind, you know, like, like, in other words, for him to not know who's winning was to go like, how can you enjoy that game? Because the point is to win. Everyone say win. win. I don't know, but I think, I think defeating the enemy winning is totally a biblical principle, right? You know, like, Uh, It's crazy, but I was blown away by this, how that was in the code of his DNA. But this is the best part I wanted to say. Who's ever seen a soccer game where the guy scores an epic goal, and then his form of celebrating is he runs from his team? Has anyone ever noticed this strange deal? Am I the only guy? My wife and I will watch this. They'll even rip their shirts off. And their teammates were running for them trying to grab them. They'll even pull away from their team, run from their team towards the crowd in like individual celebration. And my wife and I always be like, we're stoked you scored, but we don't totally get the celebration because the two guys who passed to you to help you score, you're like pushing him away right now. So anyways, my seven-year-old, true story, his highest goal, and he would say this every Saturday, was, dad, I'm going to score a goal today. I was like, buddy, I believe you're going to score ten goals today. So this is what truly would happen. He's never seen the celebration. I don't know where this comes from. He scores the first goal. He literally turns towards his team. Both hands go up like this. I don't know where peace came from. I don't think it meant number one or two. I think it was like peace. But in his mind, he he does this peace his team. He just blazes right for his team. His whole team collides in a group hug. He's literally doing the soccer run like this. And of course, I was the proud dad on the side like, that's right. My son right here. I did this. I was like, hey. In my mind, I'm like, are we celebrating number two? I don't know. This isn't Tim Tebow, but I'm just like, you did it! You scored! We're not supposed to be keeping score, but Dad was keeping score. Yeah. True story. So what I loved is I made a remark because my wife and I had had that conversation. Why does the soccer celebration not celebrate with this team? And I thought this was fascinating that young seven-year-olds have in their DNA without any training, when something good happens, the whole team collides into a giant messy group hug and they're celebrating with each other, you know, and just the craziness of that. And I loved that image of team, just the child likeness of like, something good happened, let's collide and we don't care who did it. And then I was amazing to watch my son's development because he really wanted to score a goal. Who's ever wanted to score the goal? Yeah, I want to score the goal. But he had this other buddy on the team named Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was like, I don't know how to describe him, but he had supernatural speed. Now he was like the fast, he would lap everyone around. You're like, how is Isaiah running like this? And he had quick feet. So Isaiah was just this amazing goal scorer. And, and it was fascinating to watch David, my son, who started out early in the year going like, I want to be the one to score the goal. And some, we never would coach him on this because he just wanted to see how it happened. And something clicked in his mind one Saturday and he goes like this, he woke up, he goes, I hope Isaiah's there today because he's the best at scoring the goals and we want to win. And he goes, I feel like if I can help Isaiah... There's seven. I don't even know where this is coming from. I don't take them in the back. We don't even have a backyard. We have a gravel pit behind our apartment. And I was like, where... They figured out the give and go. Like they would pass and then pass it back. And I was on, you guys think I'm doing a dad exaggeration, but some of you may have been there and seen this. I was like, did you see that? He just passed to him, passed it back. Isaiah scores, and the two of them are now colliding. Like to me, it was this amazing, just like it's in their heart to go, we're team. You do what you do. I'll do what I'll do. And together we win. You know what I'm saying? And I I loved that picture to me as a dad, first of all, because. I was keeping score, we were winning. Praise the Lord. No, I'm just joking. Not really. But but to me, just the celebration of each other seems so natural that I honestly was like, this is a picture of the kingdom. This is how we're supposed to flow with one another. It's just the wild hearted, childlike joy of just like, you scored, now pass the ball. We scored, you know what I'm saying? Just the togetherness of everyone doing it. So joy, I just think team is the funnest ever. We have the most fun when we're in team, amen? Okay, here'd be my last kind of little point, positive point, and then I'll, uh, we'll continue on. Why team is I think none of us are created to do anything alone. We, are literally, we, are, we literally are massively under-equipped to do what God has called us to do alone. I want you to think about this for a second. Guys, we're believing for a generation to be changed, just for a second, can we stare at that and go, what we're believing for? And how is it even possible that in my mind, I would think I could do that without a team? And I know none of us get out of bed and go, I can do it without a team. But sometimes it just happens in our life. We find ourselves functioning independently. And I just this morning was praying and thinking about it. And I was thinking about how huge the task is and how much we need each other. And not only each other in this room, but we need others who are out of this room. That's why we're hitting collaboration so hard. We need the whole body of Christ. How else are we gonna be a part of what God is saying without everyone doing their part? You know what I'm saying? So huge, we need everyone. And this is funny, I just thought about this as I was preparing, I thought about, uh, we watched the World Cup recently and who was just blown away by Tim Howard, the the goalkeeper, right? Am I saying his name right? It's Tim Howard, right? And we know Tim, I, first of all, I think Tim's the coolest looking guy on the team. Who feels that way? Because he's always got the crazy shaved cut with the great beard, you know? And I'm just like, dude, you look so tough. And then it turns out he's a believer. He's like, he, he's a Jesus guy. Who? Come on, be honest. Who in the room was like, yes, the Jesus guy was dominating the goal. Come on. But I thought about how funny would it be if Tim in the locker room before, is it okay? I just, I'm a visual learner. So I like just to, Just see it as a picture. How funny would it be if Tim, before the game, was like, "Hey guys, I had a really great game last time, so this is what I'm thinking. I got the game today. You guys just take a seat. I'm literally going to not only play keeper, but I'll I'll pass the ball to myself. (laughs) Then I'll do one of these giant cross field crosses and supernaturally show up on that side of the field." Then I'll dribble past everyone and strike, and I'll just single-handedly. How many of you feel like, wow, that would be a great concept? Like, it's so far out of our mindset that Tim would say, I can do this on my own. I honestly think every assignment God gives us, that should be our mindset. Like, how could I even think that I've got this on my own? It's like an 11-guy sport per side. How could one guy or two guys or three guys? We need all 11 guys hitting hard. You know what I'm saying? So I love that image this morning in my mind. Okay, I was thinking about this, just throughout scripture, so many examples of team. And I honestly encourage you just to look through scripture sometime and study this. Here were some that came to heart this morning. I thought about Esther and Mordecai working as a team. Esther couldn't do what Mordecai was supposed to do. And Mordecai, are we all clear that Mordecai couldn't do what Esther had to do? No, you should think about that. Like Mordecai could not be like, I got this. I think you're a little young we need a queen, I'm gonna figure it out. No, he's like, you've got to show up right now. I think Banning was preaching on this a couple months back and I I had never seen this in the story, but even was blown away how in the story, Esther didn't wanna do it at first. Who's ever read that in the story? Like, I don't wanna do this, I could die. And then I can't quote it, I don't know it by memory, but remember Mordecai kinda corners her and said, listen, you have to do this. Everyone's lives are riding on the line If you don't do it, God's going to remove you and raise someone else up. We always skip over that part of the story. But that's a pretty solid coaching speech. Can we say amen? And he goes, look, and I think that's even part of team sometimes. You need your buddy to look you in the eye and not just go, hey, we kind of hope that you do your part today. But you need your buddy to look you in the eye and say, bro, if you don't say what you're supposed to say, we're dead. Do you know what I'm saying? I love that picture. What about this? Sarah and Abraham. I kind of like that's a team. Abraham couldn't do Sarah's part and vice versa. What about this? David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan functioning as a team. I love the picture of Jonathan going, bro, I'm fighting for you. How about this? Ruth and Naomi, Jonathan and the armor bearer. Who loves Jonathan and the armor bearer? Jonathan goes, bro, let's go across. We're going to take out the Philistines. My favorite part of the story personally, honestly is the armor bearer. He doesn't even get his name in the story. But honestly, dude, without the armor bearer, I think Jonathan's just kind of there alone looking for a buddy. But who loves the epic line? He goes, do whatever's in your mind. I'm with you, heart and soul. I think that's such a picture of radical team. Disciples, and, 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 you know, they're a great picture. Okay, we're going to keep going. I wanted to read this real quick. I want everyone to open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27, and we'll look at verse 15. This is the story of Joshua's about to succeed Moses. And I just loved this picture. I wanted us to read it all together. A few verses, Numbers 27, starting in verse 15, it says, so Joshua is supposed to succeed Moses, and these are God's instructions. Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 18. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is with the spirit and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Elie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eliezer, the priest in the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority. So the whole Israelite community will obey him he is to stand before Elizer the priest who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Lord, of, of the Urim before the Lord, sorry. At, at his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out and at his command, they will come in. And it goes on to say, Moses did what he said. I just loved, honestly for me, this image of team. I love that we need a new guy. And God goes, well, Moses, you can't just say the new guy, you gotta give him your authority. And then he goes, hey, once he's in place, we need a guy to hear from the Lord. And then the guy who hears from the Lord is going to obtain decisions and give the information back to Joshua, and then Joshua's going to lead out. And I love the picture of like Moses had to do his part, Joshua had to do his part, and the priest had to do his part. And I've ref- I reflected on that in the last 12 months. Said, okay if I'm vulnerable for a second? And I've thought about how many times that I've personally been on, on Teams where if I was really honest with you, I kind of wanted to do all the parts. Who's ever wanted to get the message and give the message? Who's ever wanted to write the song and perform the song? Who's ever wanted to pray for the prayer of healing and also be known as the guy who prayed for the prayer of healing? Am I the only guy who ever on teams is like, and I've reflected on how many times I've thought to myself, man, it just seems like a short hop between getting the word of the Lord and doing the word of the Lord. I have a gift of leadership. I feel like I'm just supposed to do it. And next thing I know, I just find myself wanting to do all the parts. And I reflected on how in the team, Joshua had to know I can't, because what if Joshua goes, you know what, I'm the leader. I kind of just want to get the word. Does it work? And I thought about in marriage, how many times for me, the Lord has said to me, Matt, I love you, but you have to listen to your wife. I'm going to give her the word of the Lord. And then my wife says, this is what you should do. And I'm like, I'm going to do exactly what you said to do. How many of you know that that sounds amazing, but sometimes it's humbling to say, I'm going to take your instructions and do them exactly. But man, that's team. And then sometimes vice versa. My, times, my wife sometimes is sharing and she's like, I don't know what to say. Can you help me? And I'm like, look, I think you should do these three things. And she'll go out and she'll come back and I'll go, how'd it go? And she'll go, it was crazy. I did exactly what you said. And it worked amazing. And I think that's a picture of team. What we're seeing here is total reliance on each other and okay with just our part in what God's asked us to do. Do we have a few more minutes left? So I'm gonna close this out with just a few more thoughts. So I think part of team is this, is to joyfully recognize your limitations. I think joyfully is a key, I think joyfully is a key word there. Part of team is to joyfully recognize your limitations. And that's key for the next phrase. Because when you do that, then you'll pull harder on your teammates. This tightens your overall sense of team because everyone's pulling on one another. Who's ever been part of a team where you were asked to do something, but it was kind of out of obligation. How many of you have ever felt that? Like we kind of feel like you're supposed to speak. Amen. And then who's ever been in the moment where we're like, bro, no, you have to speak. You're part of this family. We can't do it without you. Who's ever been part of that moment where you're like, wow, you guys really want to hear what God's saying to me. And that to me flows, this is so key, you guys, out of sincere and authentic revelation that I can't do it. I have a limitation. I have tons of limitations. I have hundreds of limitations. That's why God gives me hundreds of friends. So it's just great to recognize joyfully I have limitations and when I have limitations that I can go, but you're strong and you're strong and you're strong and I'm pulling on you right now. And somehow that transforms your mind to just a completely external point of view. And call me crazy, but I just think God begins to breathe on team like that. When team goes, I need you. And they're like, no, I need you. No, 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 I need you. I'm dead without you. No, I need you. And it flows out of authenticity. That is a team that I'm just telling you is deadly. Nothing can stop a team that is like that. It's really rooted in the revelation of selflessness. I wanted to read us real quick. Um, I was reading a book on coaching recently by John Wooden. John Wooden was a basketball coach, epic coach, amazing, amazing coach. If we had time, I'd tell you more about it. But he highlights as a team value this term cooperation. Everyone say cooperation. And I just want to read a few sentences that to me, I thought why, that just encapsulated why uh, team is so so crucial. Cooperation is present within a team when a leader is more concerned with what is right rather than who is right. And with the best way rather than my way. It's present in an environment in which no one cares who gets the credit. This, this is so key, this line, this approach fosters creativity, which in turn brings about improvement. I kind of want to close with this thought. I think that that's absolutely biblical. And here's why. I just want you to think about it practically for just a second. When When we don't care who gets credit and who's right, and we have a completely inclusive culture, then everyone can throw down their best. And I just want to say, when you have 20 people giving their best versus one, you're just bound to get way better ideas. Can I get an amen? I don't know. In my mind, it's like two plus two equals four. So we've got to resist that deal in our DNA that goes, I kind of want to get the idea and I kind of want to explode. And I've just thought about on our team, we have an amazing young team that we get to be a part of. And I've thought about how many times I would sit at the table. And I honestly, guys, so many days I'd be like, I'm completely blank right now. And then it seems like Sammy Rodriguez will have this incredible idea that includes winning thousands. And I'm like, I just love your idea, and I want to do it. And boom, a card goes down on the table. And then it seems like Nick Brent is like, I love your idea. This is how I think we have to do it. And all of a sudden, timing and sequence just unfolds, and we're all like, that's incredible. And then all of a sudden, the women around the table, Lauren Tilney, Yasinia Garcia, begin to just weep tears over the lost. And all of a sudden, I'm like, we had a vision and we have a plan, and now we have a heart for the vision and the plan. And life just is flowing. And then all of a sudden, Chase Kofor, just tears are flowing from his eyes. This is happening. Have you ever seen our team? Chase is just erupting into a love for the lost. And I, honestly, if you're in my seat at the table, you're just like this, like, I don't even know what's happening right now, but I want to be on this team. And I want you to have that emotion when people begin to throw down their best, not the emotion of like, man, I kind of want to do that or I was hoping to get the deal, but more the emotion of just like, I just want to be on this team because this is a team that's going to win championships. And I know the Lord has asked me this question before in my life. The Lord, i just a sports analogy, I hope that's okay. The Lord's asked me before, Matt, would you rather be the best player on a team that never wins Or would you rather have a less role than a team that always wins the championship? And here's all I want to propose is we're longing for a youth movement, not because it would be cool, but because we're desperately in need of it. And in my view, that's a championship. And to win that championship, it will take an insane team. And it will not only take a team, but it'll take a team where everyone throws down. And it takes a team that when everyone throws down, everyone is stoked that everyone throws down. Do you know what I'm saying? A team where we pull on each other with raw and authentic desperation. Like if you don't show up today, I'm dead without you. So bring your best today and give it. I'm ready. So out of that, I just wanted to say, guys, we need team. Everyone say team. Team. There you go. Amen. So I have a quick application for us to do, and then we're going to transition. You guys go to the application. Okay, so here's what I have found that I think is a great application for this. Everyone do this. That's not our application. Okay. Application. We're going to go outside and I'll run at each other with our hands up like this. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So in terms of team, this is for me, the tool, this is a real practical tool that you need to learn. I need to learn. We all need. That I want us to take away from today is how to pull on each other who's ever had the emotion that you want to say something encouraging and it comes out completely awkward. (laughs) Here's my experience. I think that happens to me personally because it's, I just don't do it very often. So I don't know the rhythm of just speaking my heart with raw authenticity, with just unashamed and unafraid. So you've got to do that often with your team to establish the rhythm of like, when you see me, you just need to know I'm going to say something really loving and super awkward and I'm not sorry about it. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Because I can't, no, this is real. I can't afford to end the day with with you being unsure that I need you. If you're not sure that I need you, then we are dead. So every day when I encounter you, by the spirit, not in flattery, but with authenticity and by the spirit, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you're clear. Matt needs me. And he's stoked about that. So to me, that's, there's a skill set there. And I just call it the skill set of, I need you. But if you've never just said out loud, I need you, it's kind of awkward. Everyone say awkward. awkward. So here's going to be our assignment in a second. You've had enough time in your tracks, I think, to connect at a heart level with at least two or three people and to recognize where your weaknesses are at and their strengths are at. So in a second, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say break and I want you to find two or three people that you've connected with this week. And out of real authenticity, I want you to grab them and tell them in a specific way why you need them. Now, I wanna say this real quick. This is different than encouragement, in my opinion. Encouragement is just a general authentic blessing. This is a different skill set because I'm saying specifically why I need you in my life. Does that make sense? So I want to do an example. Chase, come up front with me real quick. So I just want to show you, I I presume you're all amazing at this. Just so you know, is that cool? Like in my mind, you're all the pros at what I'm about to show you. So are you guys okay with a little repetition and what, what you're good at? Yeah. But I, just, I want us to actually know the skill. If we're going to be collaborators for the rest of our lives, guys, then we're going to spend a lot of time telling people why we need them. Yeah. Just basic thought. Right? Collaboration is to say, dude, I'm dead without you. I need you. So if I can't do that or I'm awkward in that, it's awkward. <laughs> Let's, I'm just saying, let's get good at it. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. So to me, it looks like this. I'm specific and authentic. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. Are you okay if I get wild with you right yeah. now? It can't be normal, dudes. Totally different, but a marriage illustration. How many of you want to stand and give your wedding vows in a totally normal way? <laughs> Ladies, don't you want your guy to just yeah. say something like... Yeah. <laughs> are you right now? And who told you to say that? That was so incredible, you know? And then guys, the lady, I don't even know what we'd like her to say. Just anything is good. I do is enough for me. I didn't need anything else. As long as my wife, Laura said, I do, I was like, that was enough for me, man. Let's just roll. You know? So good. But I just want to say when you're saying to someone, I need you, don't say it like you just said, let's go to McDonald's. Say it with your guts, man. Not because it's hype, because you're really dead without them. You should think about if you were dead, if someone didn't show up, how would you make that phone call? I've listened to Rescue 911, man. They're not like, hey, um, just, you guys available right now? (laughs) Yeah, we got a guy busting into our house here, and I didn't know if you guys had some availability, but, you know. You know what? You probably don't want to come. It's cool. We'll take care of him. It's okay. No dudes on the phone are like, get here now screaming. Other words that we can't say right now. Get here now screaming. Sir, what's your name? I don't know. Get here now. Honestly, that's to me how you communicate when your life depends on it. So in this skill set, you communicate with that gut. So he just goes like this. Like, bro, actually, I like I don't always do this when it's appropriate, but I grab them because I wanted to know we're not talking about McDonald's. Bro, I am so dead without you. You have so much joy in your life, and I want joy like you have joy. I love the way that you love my sons. It's incredible. You're an incredible uncle to them. They need uncles. I cannot raise my sons alone. Be an uncle to them and love them and help me where I have gaps. Bro, your heart for souls destroys me. I want to weep tears like you do. That's maybe comparison, but I'm risking the sin right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, well, no, 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 no. Come back. We're not done with awkwardness yet. Rescue 911, they don't say everything right. It's irrelevant. Just, I don't care that it's recorded. Get here now. It's been six seconds. Why do I not hear sirens yet? Do you know what I am They're like, well, sir, he's across town. That's not good enough. Get here now. Sorry, lower your voice. I can, you know. Okay. So you're grabbing that person. That was honest. I wasn't just putting on those Those or my real emotions for chase. I'm trying and vulnerabilities. We honestly, it's vulnerable up here to say those kind of hard things, but that's to me what collaboration is. It's not fake. It's not plastic. It's real authentic, man. I got mega limitations. And thank God for you in my life. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter if you're Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. I don't care. Just I'm dead without you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love Joy's message last time. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My summary was this. Everyone's dead without the other. So get wild right now. That's my summary. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's what I want you to do. Everyone stand up. And I want you in just a second, you're going to find two to three people and you're going to do the skill I just said. And I want you not to just grab people that are random, but go to people you've seen their strengths and tell them their strengths. Go for it.